right here in Iredell County, but do, we do work all over the United States of America, assisting veterans with safety and accessibility renovations to their homes and building tiny homes to help solve homelessness issues. We are grateful you're here. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org. That's phhusa.org. That was a very professional intro. Please don't try this at home. You know what? Um, I tried it at home, and then I got fired. <laughs> I don't know what that says, but uh, I was told to uh, quit practicing looking at myself in the mirror, talking <laughs> into the uh, hairbrush. I was told it's, to stop singing in the shower. Oh, wow. Uh, so I would recommend if you don't want to get fired, don't try this at home. Did, was that Corianne that uh, said, hey, stop that? Well, Corianne and all three of the kids. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, well, I will say the dog was howling, too, but, you know, what can I say? They're like, Dad, you're bad. Stop it. So, uh, hey, well, welcome, everybody. Poor Chappie. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've got to tell you guys, I am so excited about today's show. I, I tried to bring home a new, a new Chappie. What's that? His, his name was Nelson. I tried to bring him home. I went on this really cool trip uh, last week, had a great time. I uh, got to hang out with some really awesome Americans, and they have one of the coolest dogs I think I've ever been around. Really? I mean, got to be one of the coolest dogs. What kind there. of dog? Matter of fact, it's so cool. I'll post a picture of him uh, on the show uh, feed here for uh, our, our Facebook so our Facebook listeners can see him. He is a Frenchie. And uh, and this is the the coolest, most laid back Frenchie I think I've ever been around. My you know Chappie, my Frenchie, he's he's a little rambunctious. <laughs> um, he, he he can't sit still. He he runs and bulldozes through the house. But uh, Nelson, our our guest uh, family member, it, he uh, he is just a cool dog. And so if there was ever such thing as a, a cool cat, that's a dog. It would be Nelson. Nelson, right. he was, a cool cat, yeah. dog. I'm and trying so, to do that math. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we said, like we said, don't try this at home. It's complicated. That's right. It's very, <laughs> very complicated. We went through a lot of training for this. So, uh, <laughs> lots of training. Lots of tra- lots of training there. Lots <laughs> of training. And it was, the training went like this. Hey, you guys want to do a radio show? And we we're uh, like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> right. Well, Zero prep. Fly from the hip, just wing it. It'll you be you asked me to be on here based on the qualification that I was loud. That's right. <laughs> right. Simple, I mean, I was like, oh, simple qualification. Yeah, Are you a Marine? Yes. Are you loud? Yes. You're hired. That's, yeah. There we go. There we go. I want to. I want to turn to our guest for a few minutes to do a quick introduction. Uh, David Gursky. I met David. I guess it's been probably about twelve, maybe thirteen years ago now in uh, Virginia. He's still friends with you, too. That's amazing. You know, After knowing you that long. And he, and he let me come over and hang out with his really cool dog, Nelson. All right. I awesome. mean, that, that says a lot, right? It <laughs> does say a lot. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a great time. Uh, we're up shooting some guns on his range here uh, last week with Paul and uh, just just a phenomenal. Was, uh, was that the trip that you barely made it home from because Paul was driving? and. Oh. Um, and then Paul played a practical joke on you in the vehicle. It was scary. He played yeah. a practical joke on the way up to Fredericksburg. Right. Which yeah. created lots of calmness for you going it, it into did. the meetings. It, right. it really did. Evidently, Paul slammed on the brakes while they were on the interstate. and We John weren't on was, the interstate. We were driving through the mountains coming out of Lynchburg. <laughs> and I happened to be turned around backwards in my chair and doing something that. in he the back seat where I didn't have my seatbelt on. <laughs> oh, and he slammed on the brakes. And let's just say we needed to pull over on the side of the road really? for a moment. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Was there was there a colorful language? There were, there were black marks. Yeah. Well, brown marks. <laughs> 
Mark. To wear your brown oh, pants. <laughs> Bring me brown pants. <laughs> yep. So anyhow, uh, we met David, and and so for those listeners that have been to one of Purple Homes golf tournaments, uh, David taught us all about a golf tournament, how to have fun with an AR-15 on a golf tournament where you shoot golf balls out of a golf ball launcher. Not shoot at golf balls, but not shoot, shoot not shoot, shoot at golfers, but yeah, shoot golf right. balls at the at the hole at the right. A specially modified AR-15 that shoots a golf ball and launches it 400 yards. And and we have probably had fun and laughs with thousands and thousands of golfers now because of that. And so uh, that's one of my one of my first and earliest memories of of David. And there's lots of other stories, but David works in uh, with a team of uh, veterans that he served with through the Special Forces Association Chapter 90, where they put on this golf tournament each year to raise funds for veterans and, and other organizations to uh, be able to support uh, predominantly the uh, Special Forces Foundation, I believe is how it started. But uh, David will tell us a little bit more about all that and his work, a great American uh, serving our nation and uh, just just continuing to support vets and uh, taking care of uh, the troops. And so really, really happy to have him on the show with us today. Got lots of questions, gonna make sure to put him on the, on the spot, gonna ask some really hard <laughs> questions because I promised him that I wouldn't do that. Oh, awesome. uh, Where to go? But I, I want to see if I can make him sweat. Okay. Well, he's got a green screen going on, just like a green beret. So that's, that's right. <laughs> We're really glad to have you here. That's right. David, great to have you here, brother. Anybody that served in the uh, Special Forces community is a friend of mine, and so uh, grateful for you. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. Hey, can you? Uh, we got a few minutes before we uh, jump into break. Uh, a couple minutes. Uh, can you just give us a quick bio on you, where you're from, and uh, uh, family, and uh, all of that? Sure, sure. I am um, retired Army guy. I am married with three kids, uh, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, beautiful wife, Liz, and uh, I served 22 years in the Army. Um, most of that was in special operations units. Uh, primarily the 10th Special Forces Group, uh, both at Fort Devens, Massachusetts, and at Fort Carson, as well as the schoolhouse at Bragg. And then I, I wrapped up my career with the uh, Washington, D.C. office uh, for SOCOM. And, uh, and hey, I, I retired in 2006. Um, now I'm uh, a, a Beltway Bandit and uh, <laughs> heavily involved with the Special Forces Association Chapter 90 out of Fredericksburg, where uh, we, you know, get together, we raise funds uh, for special operations purposes, but others as well. Like, we, we started out with the Fisher House mm. um, and, and, and and the Special Operations Warrior uh, Foundation. Yes. That was our uh, Yeah, very familiar. One. Yeah. And that's yeah. when that's and, when we kind of came in and uh, really were were kind of brought into the fold and you guys adopted us. The Special Forces Chapter 90 Association was the first organization to give us a check of more than three digits than three well, figures. Three, so yeah. three really, digits, like like one hundred, four hundred, nine hundred. Right. They gave us a five thousand dollar check our first five thousand and eventually our first ten thousand dollar check you're listening to putting pieces back together we will be right back after this break and we're going to hear more from our good friend david gursky army veteran and all around american extraordinaire yeah we're going to stay live on facebook too so don't forget that 
Uh, welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org. We are joined in the studio by a cast of characters, to include the French Bulldog himself, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly known as Devil Dog Devin, but now he is the French Bulldog. And uh, John Galena and my wife, Mrs. Giggles. <laughs> and, um, and Joe, who has been manning all of the stuff going on here. Um, as we, as the studio has come, literally come apart, uh, in the midst of our radio program. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and, uh, we've got an incredible guest today and, uh, we're really grateful to, uh, have him on and, uh, we've been getting some bio information about him and, um, Mark, just tell us a little bit about, um, how how it was is that you got into Mark Mark oh. was the guest that canceled oh, on us gosh, at 3:30 this morning this is no, David this David. is the so Air Force canceled Army Green Army. Beret come to rescue his name right. is David David <laughs> David tell us my apologies David tell us a little bit about what was the motivating factor uh, with you joining the army uh, oh no <laughs> well me joining the army the motivating factor was no other viable alternative at that time. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've met people like that. And so, uh, um, when when was that? I joined in. Hey, hey, David. Just just one second, real quick, if you would uh, see if there's a mute button on the video. I know we can see you. And we're having lots of technical difficulties. I, I know this is going to be a great interview because that's what happens when you when you have great interviews. Yes, you get of difficulties, course. of course, because we can hear you through the phone, and then we're getting feedback through your computer. Let's try that again. All right, we'll do a com check now. Go ahead, David. And we don't have audio. How, do you, how did that work out? Now that's better. We got it now. Bingo. So, <laughs> yeah. That was, man, what a struggle on so the you, struggle bus. You, you uh, were saying, sir. So, yeah, you came you came in the Army because a judge told you you had to go to the Army, right? No. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and so uh, um, when was it that... Um, I'm, I'm guessing you came in the conventional side and then came over to the uh, special operations side after that. Right. I, I was a regular leg camel guy. Yeah. And then I, uh, uh, after a couple of years of that, I wanted to do something more exciting. And uh, I started doing SF in uh, 1988. Okay. And then as a comp guy. What was the, um, what was selection like back in 1988? Was it horrible? Well, that's well. See, that's when they started it. I I was in, uh, I predated selection, and then due to some unfortunate activities on Glenn Nav course, I was given the opportunity to go to selection after I'd already been there a little while. So I, uh, I was in the second selection that there was, uh, oh, wow. and it was, it was an adventure. Uh, after had going through jump school, Morse code school, old phase one, uh, get a weekend off, and I went right into selection. Uh, we called it SFAS back then. It wasn't F- or SFOT back then. It wasn't SFAS. It was SFOT, and then the following class became the standard SFAS. So that was. Uh, I'm assuming that was all on Camp McCall, right outside of lovely Fort LeBrag, as I call it now. It was that wonderful <laughs> Camp McCall. Yeah, I've bumped into things at Camp McCall myself and walked through uh, waters that I'm not sure they were purified. <laughs> so down there, Bones Fort Street. 
That's right. And That's right. The beauty of that whole experience was the first time I ever saw a, a falling star. Oh, oh no kidding. Uh, yeah, first time I ever saw it was uh, there was a meteor showers going on, and, and I was taking a break at the Nightland Nav. I looked up, and I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. Yeah, that is cool. Never forget. So after after selection, went to the qualification course, and um, and then is that when you got assigned to tenth group at that time? That's correct. I went to uh, Fort Devens, Massachusetts, where I was, on a, was fortunate enough to go straight to a Halo team, uh, free fall team. So that was just all throughout the nineties. Which was an interesting time for the special operations community. You had a lot of stuff going on, didn't you? There was there was things happening, and uh, it was interesting because it was just the world was just getting used to being post Cold War. Yeah. And then you had stuff going on in Bosnia and, and Kosovo at some point. Yeah. Uh, with tenth groups, anyway, our, our concern was Eastern Europe for yeah. the most part. Back. Yes. Yeah. yeah so there was there was a lot going on, and then. I was given my opportunity to be an instructor at Fort Bragg, which I don't think you can't refuse. Yeah. Um, so I was managed the uh, Morse code course for the folks. Here. Oh, Anyways. interesting. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so for those, for those that don't know, so special forces groups are, are geographically aligned uh, with different parts of the world, and 10th group traditionally has, uh, until Iraq and Afghanistan, but 10th group traditionally had Eastern Europe, you know, Dealing with um, the cold is cold weather folks, right? So the no the mountain school uh, for special forces training is out at it's currently out at in, in, in Fort Carson outside of Fort Carson, and um, there's a lot of a lot of really good training that goes on cold weather training that kind of thing. Um, and so tenth uh, group moved. What what year did they move from um, Fort Devens out to Colorado Springs? That move was completed in 1994. Okay. Uh, while I was at the, uh, I, at that point, I was already at the schoolhouse uh, at Fort Fort Bragg. I was doing the Morse code thing when they finished that movement, and then, then I went to OCS out of the schoolhouse. So. Oh, no, wow. Now, wait a minute. If if oh. I would have known you knew Morse code, that's how we'd have done this interview. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> SOS. Yeah, SOS. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. So when you... When after you left the schoolhouse, and then I'm assuming you went back to tenth group, um, did you uh, get to partake in the Manitou incline when you were out there? Um, actually, I I did not. Uh, I did when I went back to group after I went lieutenant time in the Signal Corps. I I went from Fort Bragg to OCS to Germany and paid my tenant as a uh, a lieutenant in the Signal Corps. Gotcha. Before then, I went back to group at, at Carson. So when I when I first got out there, um, they were like, "Hey, sir, uh, you need to go walk the incline," and I was like, "What is that?" They were like, "Oh, it's this little hill over at Manitou Springs," <laughs> and, and I was like, "Man, that sounds like a great training opportunity there." Yeah, we're like, "Make sure you put a lot of weight in your ruck," and so I went over, and you can Google this: the Manitou Incline, Manitou Springs. So it's an old cog railway bed that starts at, at uh, 6,500 feet of elevation gain, and it goes up one mile exactly, um, and the top of it is 8,500 feet of elevation gain. So it's 2,000 feet of gain in one mile. Oh, now, my gosh. Yeah, it's like 30-degree incline, right? It, and it, you're stepping up 
you're stepping up railroad ties. It's horrifying. That that must have been the thing Paul was supposed to be getting. Yes, to. I tried to get Paul to do oh, that man. when they went to Colorado Springs, but they were I was denied the pleasantries of. Oh, it sounds like a that. sounds like a great take that hill event. It is oh an my incredible gosh. take that hill event. You should just fly us all out there for next year. Yeah, to see how many <laughs> walk up the incline. <laughs> Yeah. Your, your quads and calves really appreciate it. It is. Oh, it's a, so when I was out there and I did it, I, I made it up a quarter mile before my blood oxygen level from North Carolina because I did like the second day I was there. No, uh, you know, no acclimatizing at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I made it up about a quarter mile. My heart rate was like 180. I was breathing so hard. And there's this old man coming down. He was like 75 years old, coming down like a mountain goat. And he had a parakeet on his shoulder <laughs> named Bobby, right? It's a parakeet named Bobby. And he said, he was like, you okay, young fella? <laughs> you got beat by an old pirate? Oh, he beat me, uh, an old pirate with a par- parakeet. Not a parrot, a parakeet, a little guy. Oh, oh I'm he's sorry. Like you know, he's like six inches tall. So it's pretty fantastic. So, uh, But uh, anyhow, so 10th group, and then you went up north. Uh, up to D.C. and finished out your career there. And so 2006 was when you uh, retired. What, what rank did you retire at? I was, well, Captain Promotable. I, I made the list for 04, and that next week I dropped my packet. I was done. Yeah, that was, he, he, he is my favorite kind of officer. He was enlisted first. He's, he's a Mustang. He's, that's why he's a great man, because he knows what it's about to, to be the grunt. That's right. Yeah, he does. Yeah, being being enlisted certainly uh, certainly gives you a, a whole different perspective of leading. It does absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you get it, you get it from both angles for yes. sure. So, Dave, tell us when did you go to OCS? How long had you and been in uh, service? Class uh, one ninety six. Class one ninety six. Fort Benning. Okay. Yeah. So you you were at that time a E seven. Is that right? I was in, I was in E seven yeah. with two years time grade already. Man, that's wow. kind of a, that's kind of a rarity. Yeah, yeah. There's not many E sevens that are allowed to go to OCS. So that you did you did something pretty remarkable there. So that's fantastic. So we got a, we got about a minute before we we're coming up the break. But when we come back, um, want to talk a little bit about transition for you, um, what that looked like, how you got involved with the the SFA up there. Um, and what you guys are doing to, to help veterans. And so uh, we'll, we'll do that when we come back. Also, when we come back, we're going to have uh, the French Bulldog himself talking about the project of the week. Um, and he didn't even hear me. So, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyhow, we'll have the project of the week. We'll talk a little bit about that. And, um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, coming up events that we've got coming up uh, here in the next uh, week or two. Uh, and uh, those are all really big uh, Really big pushes for us here at Purple Heart Homes uh, that folks can get involved with around. You got anything else to add, John? Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, an event that uh, Special Forces Association Chapter 90's got coming up. They got their uh, annual golf event coming up. And I want to talk a little bit about that and some of the great, cool things that uh, Dave, Dave and his team have, uh, have in line for that. And some of the other organizations they support and the work that they're doing and the needs that they see in and all around Virginia. That's outstanding. That's yep. outstanding. Absolutely. So so be sure to stand by, tune back in. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
<laughs> All right, welcome back to putting the pieces back together. I'm going to tell you this is going to go down shows. as the show, uh, the show, that, of show of shows. Yes, it is. Joe we're is never going to. Not only is he sweating, he shows up like Kramer off a of Seinfeld. The <laughs> yeah, door yeah. opens and he appears, and he's like, "Go, yeah, go." Yeah. Uh, so, hey, look, we got. It's all about levels, Jerry. It's all about levels. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it is. It is. Before we before we go back to to, to Devil Dog Devin and hear about the project week, I want to go back. I want to turn back to our guest, and and so I've I've wanted to have David Gursky on the show for years now. We you know we've coming up on two years, and I've been I've been hounding uh, you know David as to get him on the show, and we finally get him on the show. And we're having this technical difficulty and some of these challenges, and uh, but I'm really excited. I want to hear some of his stories. Kind of like I said, I got some kind of hard questions. And so knowing how he how he works his fundraisers and how he supports all these charities and does this work, I'm curious, David, what led you and inspired you and encouraged you to uh, to get involved and and to do the work that you're doing? Well, um, in the, the, the fun story of it all, in the SF Association, we just started in 06, 07, or 05, 06, and we were wondering how could we generate funds for people? What can we do to help? And uh, someone, it's back in the time when the Donald Trump's TV show was on, The Apprentice. And they had that show where they had to do a, a golf ball tournament or a golf tournament. And I said to myself, that's the worst thing in the whole wide world anybody could ever ask me to do is to conduct a golf tournament. I hate golf. I hate golf people. There's nothing that I want to do with golf. <laughs> Sounds just like me, doesn't it? Now you see why we get along so well? I hate golf. I hate golf people. That's awesome. And then, and then one of the chapter members says, we could have a golf tournament. And then I just thought, it, you know, the, the thing you're most afraid of, that's where you run to. There's, there's the goal, right? Where's the, the, I was afraid of it, so I ran to it because mm-hmm. you run to the gun. That's where success is going to be. So that's what we did. And right off the bat, we were, we were crushing it. And uh, for us, anyway, we went from making no money to making twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 at our uh, fundraiser. Wow. And it, it went to, uh, we just kept enough to stay, uh, to pay for our supplies, it was pretty pretty neat. And then, uh, then we thought, well, how do we make it more interesting? This is where Dale gets involved. So I go to gun shows and I uh, for raffles and things, and I, I hit up vendors to donate firearms so we can raffle them off at the golf ball tournament or at the golf tournament. So uh, one of the fellas told me, he says, I don't, I'm not going to give up my guns because I'm a, a small business. I don't have this capability to just give away guns. I said, well, that's fine. You know, if you have anybody you know that might be interested in, in working with us on this, we would love to, to uh, talk to him. And he gave me a, a, a card with Dale's information on it. And I, I reached out to him. And, and he was, you know, how very gregarious and thrilled he was to just do anything. And he's, uh, uh, he says, hey, I got this M1 Garand that I won the uh, uh, Camp Perry Nationals with. And, uh, I said, well, heck, we'll take it. And uh, come on up. So he brought the gun to us. We, we, we did a, uh, an on-site auction uh, uh, in the chapter, in the SF chapter meeting. And would you know, some dude gave us $3,000 for this thing. Uh, so right right into the, to the, to the pot, right, for the event. And the next day we had the golf event. 
and we, we, we crushed it. Hmm. Well, that was pretty fun. Dale was, had a blast out there. It was neat. It was new and exciting. We had uh, someone who actually donated a, a, uh, an American icon of a weapon, and uh, it, it just was very successful. Well, fast forward, the next year, the guy brought it back because he couldn't use it uh, in downtown D.C. because they, uh, uh, gun laws, they were concerned about having it posted. So he gave it back to the chapter, and boom, we went silent auction that thing off five thousand dollars. I'll be darned. How about that? Oh, it was so amazing. Eight thousand dollar effort. And I know the guy that has it now, great American, a marine, a crayon eating marine. He, uh, uh, his company. Uh, what a what a good man. Uh, two warrant officers ran that company, retired marine. Uh, Amazing, but but that's how we start off. And that year, that that's when we were able to really make an impact for for uh, for Dale. Mm-hmm. You know, we had he, he he helped us create. He built the ladder that he climbed. It was amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, certainly miss him and uh, thankful for uh, him making an introduction and, and taking me up there. I'll, I'll never forget uh, buying some raffle tickets. I handed them to Dale. And I decided to go across the street to the ATM machine to get some more cash so I could buy a few more raffle tickets. I come back. He's holding a, a 1911-45. And uh, I was like, man, you won that? He's like, uh, no, it's the ticket that you handed me. I was like, oh, great. I was like, well, give me my gun. And he's like, oh, no. He said, I'll sell it to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? He's like, well, you gave me the tickets. I was like, to hold so I could go get more money to buy more tickets. <laughs> Did you ever get the gun back? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Did you just steal it when he wasn't looking? No, $500 later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we traded it back and forth a few times. (laughs) So so anyhow, uh, so tell us, what is something that you're looking forward to and and something coming out of uh, of your, your, your next fundraiser? All right, well, right now we have, we have two fundraisers. Spring tournament in the uh, first or second week of May, Friday. And then we, the next one, we go all out. We get boxers. We get people to sponsor tea boxes. And I go out and hustle for uh, raffle prizes. And it's always, that's a huge success. It sells out right away. And uh, in fact, it, it sells out for players in the first month. And, uh, and But I'm always hustling uh, sponsors to the last minute. Well, in the fall, we do one. It's a little bit less. Uh, it's a less of a big deal. This is the one where we invite really people to come to these people that were sponsors in the spring we just want them to come golf with us right we're not we're not hitting them hard uh we have other people that had sponsors in the spring they're sponsors but we won't hit those guys up and then we just try to uh uh create an opportunity to give back uh uh to to others to keep ourselves in business we have a uh the well our chapter is the ferguson chapter and uh yeah, what are you talking about? That? But we miss Rich, and, uh, and we have another guy who, who passed. Who uh, we raised money for their uh, college funds for for the kids. Yeah. All right. And, and it's, it's pretty successful. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, and in the in the spring, we do we're partnered with this group called the Black Horse Forge. Black Horse Forge is a local five hundred one c three in. Um, uh, Stafford area where it's like a, a forged in fire. So they take vets and first responders and they teach them 
the way it's the board. Building knives, building uh, swords, blacksmithing. No, oh, that's awesome. That stuff gives them an outlet. That's really cool. So yeah. We're partnering with them. We were able to give them, I think, twelve thousand hmm. dollars. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, we actually had a um, at Camp Brown in Afghanistan. We had a forge over there uh, for for our group guys. To, they could come and build knives on their downtime. Wow, it was a really big deal. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really really big deal so. so so we got just a couple minutes here in fact we're, we're exactly two minutes till break Devin, can you uh, give us our project of the week real quick uh, yeah we, we'll make it a quick one <laughs> so uh <laughs> we're, we're we went all the way to indiana with this one and uh uh, Tammy Burchett, not uh, <laughs> not Tammy. You made Tammy, a project. Not, not Tammy you made Borders. Giggles a project I lost my job also. already. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, <laughs> you, you, uh, the team was full. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, we had this veteran up there. Um, he couldn't decide uh, if he wanted to be in the Army and Navy, so uh, so he uh, he switched branches and and uh, spent some time over in uh, in the sandbox, as I like to say, um, and. Well, he he comes back home and he's dealing with a lot of PTSD issues and and some some other pains and back and things and and uh, well, it's pretty hard to get up on a roof with back back pain. Uh, I, I don't know if you know that. So uh, I do. Purple Heart Homes. Uh, he applied to us and uh, and thankfully with with our partners with uh, Home Depot, we were able to come through and. Uh, and get this fella a brand new roof. And so uh, he sent us a picture the other day just smiling, beaming, wow. because he was so happy. Where's he at? Uh, out there in Indiana. Out there. In out Indiana. there in Indiana. Yeah, we've, you've said out there before. So uh, yeah, well, you know, out there, it's, it's kind of there. I think I'll ask you was out the, there in Connecticut, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Hey, you're looking. Listen to pieces and pieces back together. Yeah. I, I, this is you're looking. You're looking at putting the pieces back together. <laughs> We're looking at. It. We'll be back. Welcome back to putting the pieces. Yeah, welcome back to putting the pieces back together, or as Devin calls it, looking to put the pieces back together. That's what, is, that's the new show, the French Bulldog. We got name changes of people well, and when, the show. When we leave today, I'm gonna say I need my pieces put yeah. back together. Oh well, we are looking to put the pieces back together here. So that oh, was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> who put Humpty John back together again? <laughs> all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put it back together again. Oh man. Yeah. So we we are joined today by a special guest, David Gursky. Uh, Veteran lives in uh, Virginia and has been supporting Purple Heart Homes for a number of years and uh, supports a number of other charities. And, you know, just uh, hearing some of David's story and just knowing him for a number of years, you know, I'm I'm just uh, honored to have him on the show today and be able to call him friend, just a, a great American. And, you know, as we're talking a little bit about some of the the work that you've done, David, and understanding how you support charity, what led you to support charity, talking a little bit about Dale and meeting him and raising raising funds can you tell us uh something that was meaningful through the years and 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 the reward that you've seen in helping other charities whether it was uh through the the green bray foundation or purple heart homes or, or any other charity that you guys support fisher house would you share something with us sure i am um, i believe that you know, we all should be helping each other where none of us are competing because we're out to help people 
who got nothing, you know? So yeah. we're not competing. We're helping uh, other people grow. And, 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 and the Lord will spread it out. Mm. He'll, he'll make sure everybody gets what they need, but we're the hands. we got to get out there and, and just ask anybody. I'm not ashamed to ask to help somebody else. See, that's, mm. that, that's the challenge. A lot of people are afraid to ask because they were taught, don't ask for anything. Well, you're not asking for yourself. We're asking for our brothers. Mm. And, and we can't do it for them. we got to get out there and hit up everyone. I'll, I will speak to anyone that I believe can help me help brother because the government can't do it. And quite frankly, it's not the government's job. It, uh, we're supposed to be helping each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you do that uh, individually or in the local church or uh, organizationally with these 501Cs. And, and if you get them not teaming together, there's enough to go for mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of convincing them that they have a solution that for somebody's problems, it's not their own. And, hey, I might have their solution uh, myself. So, so people, everybody wants to help, and it's our job, if we care, uh, or if we're gifted with it, I mean, give the gift yeah, with it, whatever, is to show them how they can help as, with the resources they have. We're giving them the opportunity to help that they wouldn't seek themselves. But everybody wants to help. Nobody says, I don't want to help the world. <laughs> Nobody says that. Everybody has delusions of grandeur. They wish they could help with if only X. Well, if only someone gave me the opportunity to get these to the direction it needs to go. Well, hey, I'll, I'll find a way to create the opportunity. You know, you, you build houses. Somebody else, you know, they, they, they like to take care of medical needs. Someone else has ways to teach people that maybe have uh, uh, or knows how to get people to donate food, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, things like that. It's our job to give them a, a, an outlet for their resource. That works. Some of it just feels good, but there's also financial benefits to them too, tax-wise and all that other stuff. So it's our job to show them the advantage of uh, of, of helping with whatever X is. And if, if X is a veteran situation, I'm on board. I'm done. I'm sold. You don't have to. You don't have to convince me to help a brother or sister, for that matter, or whatever you have in between. At this point, we're we're military. If you're serving your country, that's it. A check and roll. For sure. Yeah, and I think it, the, I, I love what you're saying, uh, and it reminds me of the different attitudes that folks have. It's, some folks have a scarcity mindset where there's not enough resources to go around, and, you know, I need to hold on to what I've got. And then some people have, you know, an abundance mindset that where they go, you know, there, there's an abundant supply, right? And if you're in an abundance mindset, you're, it's, a, it, it's okay to give, right? Because there's, because there's, there's going to be more resources coming into you and your family if you look at life from an abundance mindset. And uh, I think that that's where God calls us to live, right, that, that in this abundance mindset. Because, you know, as we shovel out um, the things that help other people, um, God's shovel is way bigger than ours. Yes. You know, <laughs> like our shovel's little. But his shovel's big, you know, and he we're shoveling out, and he's shoveling in, and uh, when we when we have the opportunity to give, it's, it's a threefold benefit. It's it benefits the person that we're given to, um, it benefits our community uh, because it reduces the capacity, the need for the community to come alongside that person, and then the ben- then the benefit is for us just when we give whatever whether it's our time or talent or resources, um, it gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. Um, and uh, 
and, and mission uh, in life when we when we give back. And, and, you know, David, I appreciate the time that you give right to going out and hustling for others. And, and, your, and I appreciate your mindset of appreciating the fact that and it's one of the things that we say a lot of times it doesn't and Dale used to say this doesn't matter uh, where you served or when you served. It just matters that you served. And we sure. hopefully we continue to adopt that attitude on a daily basis with the people that, that we serve at Purple Heart Homes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. absolutely right. David, how, how about a, you know, we all need that little bit of motivation and, you know, kind of that inspiration. What is, uh, what's a funny story that you recall from your time in service or something that motivates you? What motivates me is selfless service by others inspires others to selflessly serve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you see that, it's just, it's really, especially when you see like, my little storm major center, uh, one of the storm uh, major, Craig Wilson, he, he was old and broke. He was after three starting major. He went out there and he shoveled snow while people didn't see Jesus. He's too broke to get out there and do much. He shoveled snow. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It, just, it made me, so there I was, Captain Jersey, shoveling snow out there with him sometimes, just because. Mm-hmm. And, and, it was kind of, and, and people look at you. If you're an old shoveling snow, people look at you. Mm-hmm. And like, why not? So our major's doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it's not the private's job. It's the colonel's job, really, when you think about it. It's the sergeant major's job. It's just to be, it, but if it's not natural, uh, it, it, people see right through that, too. You know, uh, but the sergeant major, uh, Wilson would do that. He, he was awesome. Uh, so selfless service in others really fires me up. Because I, I look at it just kind of guy I am. I like, well, look at what he's doing. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's creating more than he has, uh, than he would have. And I can take that. What I see in it is, oh, I see where I can spread that around, right? Whatever it is, I, I find it a way to push it in a different direction. Um, uh, hey, look, look what they're doing. How much more could we do if we just organized that effort? You know, and, and so now you just, I just used our major example of, you know, shoveling the sidewalks outside of the town. But now we got the whole group shoveled by some guys that are having fun doing it. You know what I mean? And it just because why not? You know, because you can. That's mm-hmm. why. It's selflessly serving there. And that's just a, a fun example that, that I have for that. But I just, I love the opportunity to get other people um, to be able to contribute, to do their part. Understand because everybody wants a part too. That's what they don't tell you. Hey, I want a part. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that because they got enough on the plate. But we show them they have a part. Yes, you have a part to play. And guess what? You're creating hope for other people. Mm-hmm. Was it 22 a day we're losing? No hope. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I'm. I, I tell you what, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm jealous of the Fredericksburg community having David living up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and me both. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm working on getting him closer. Don't worry. I'm, right. I'm, I think I've <laughs> almost got it whittled down from being five and a half hours away to being only two hours away. Okay. We're, we're going to work Are we on that. Moving towards him, or is he no? We're not. Us? We're unfortunately mm-hmm. moving uh, thirty-five of you and your families and <laughs> uh, our seventy thousand square foot uh, production facility is probably be, not an option. That would be a but, but but if we can get David 
two hours away, then maybe we can work something out. So I'm going to go see him on, on Saturday, and we're going to see what we can do. Oh, that's outstanding. All right. Very, very exciting. And, hey, I really want him to come down to uh, Take That Hill and oh, see what Take That Hill yeah, is all maybe, about. What maybe, a fantastic maybe. event. we got about two and a half minutes left yeah. before we end the show. Tell us about our special guests that are going to be at Take That Hill, when the event is, and, and what it's all about. Yeah, so it's coming up October the 7th. You can go to our website at phhusa.org and look at the events tab. But it's a... Uh, Fourth annual Take That Hills held at Southern Distilling Company. It's a cycling slash workout event, but we have sort of grown it into uh, a menagerie of different things now. Uh, and uh, we have people traveling from as far away as Alaska and Wisconsin to come ride in this thing. Um, there's three different routes you can ride. There's an online, a virtual thing you can ride on, but then we have a workout of the day led by local legend Joe Baker. Uh, but the special part about this is two things. We have Woody and Wilcox, uh, so our friends from 106.5 The End and Heart Radio. They're coming up to be the MCs for our awards banquet, or awards ceremony, if you will. And then we have two Medal of Honor recipients from that earned those uh, awards in Vietnam for their service there. Uh, Joe Marm and Bob Patterson are going to be in town both Friday and Saturday. There'll be an opportunity to meet and greet with both those gentlemen. Um, you can get your picture made with a bona fide American hero. It's not every day you get a chance to meet a, a living Medal of Honor recipient. Only there's 65 only, living. Well, 66 60. now. Yeah, there was yeah. a new Medal of Honor recipient. A helicopter uh, pilot. Yep, from yeah. Vietnam. Yeah, just yep, yesterday. Received his medal yeah. yesterday. Yep. So, uh, yeah. man, it's going to be a really, really great event. So, again, you can go to our website, phhusa.org, find out more about it. Support what we do by getting involved with the events that we put on. Uh, we're really grateful. David, I just, again, want to take the opportunity to thank you for your service. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be on the show today. You are a great American. You, you sir, inspire me day to day, and uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. And you have been All listening right. to, uh, again, Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented <laughs> by Purple Heart Look at it. Look at it. Look at it, Devin. Take us away, Devin.